Welcome to the Utah Episcopalians. Now that's a podcast by the Episcopal Diocese of Utah, where we look at some of the unusual things in our diocese, in our state, from some of the unusual perspectives that I think sometimes Episcopalians take. But we also talk about some pretty serious stuff, and that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about food banks. We're going to talk about people going hungry in the summer and about that ministry that I know so many of our churches and other organizations do. And we sometimes have a myth about it all that summer is a time of bountiful harvest when in fact people still go hungry in the summers. Now, our guest is Jim Palmer from St. James in Midvale. And St. James has had a food bank for years and years and has really um, drew some great attention, deserved attention, particularly during the pandemic when uh, they did not discontinue it. And certainly what's going on today at St. James, a lot of people have gone through it. Um, most of our churches have food banks, and so we want to talk about generically for the diocese and also for St. James. So without further ado, welcome, Jim Palmer. Thank you for being here. And I want to know, first of all, why did you decide to take on the food bank? You know, that, that's a very ambitious ministry. What was it that drove you to want to do this? Well, thanks, Greg. Um, we kind of wandered our way into it. We started years ago with um, small food drive donations within the parish that were stocked in the office and people would come by and say, I'm, I'm in need, can you help me? And we'd say, you know, sure, here's a can of beans and a can of corn, something like that. Uh, that expanded to, we took over a closet because we had more food that we could store. And and then at one point, we took over a, one of our classrooms and brought in shelving, and it grew and grew. It grew enough that we ended up partnering after that with the Utah Food Bank, where we get shipments of food twice a month. And now it's uh, 10 to 12 pallets of food. And so we've actually taken over one wing of the parish that used to house uh, a day school that uh, has turned into twice a month distribution. Uh, we do the second and fourth Sundays, and we're serving um, between 120 and 150 households um, each weekend. And uh, we also partner with the Utah Diaper Bank because that's also a, a need that we seen in the community. You know, I have been at St. James when I have watched these pellets sitting there in the hallway. I mean, when you say these are large shipments and uh, the need is, is there, um, what about the summer? You, what about the myth that we all live in a bountiful harvest in the summer and there's really no need to think about it? What, what do you have to say about that? Well, summertime is actually um, a challenge for food banks. We just got a notice this week from the Utah Food Bank that their donations are down during the summer and to expect uh, less food from them uh, until the fall. You know, harvest time is 
actually in the fall, not summertime. Summertime is growing time. It's also a time of increased need because schools are not in session. And so children who receive food uh, through their school uh, are not necessarily being fed. Some of the larger urban school districts do offer food pantries or free lunch during the summertime, but uh, a lot don't. That's um, quite something to think about because I know you have catered a lot to families. Some of our urban parishes downtown have catered a lot to single people or or maybe a couple, but you've had a lot of children. I know that uh, benefit because of the food bank as um, a number of our churches. But one thing that sticks out that you just talked about, you distribute on the weekend. And so many of our food banks, you know, are Monday through Friday. It's wonderful that they're doing it, but the weekends have a particular need, don't they? They do. And as far as I know, we're the only food bank that operates on Sundays. Wow. And people still get hungry on Sunday, don't they? Yeah. You're talking about 120, is that correct? 120 families come by for your food bank. Is that right? That's on the low end. Uh, we've done as much as. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we were around 180, uh, and we talk about it as households. It's not necessarily families. It mm -hmm. might be there's a lot of immigrants um, that we serve, so it's people that are living together. Uh, we don't necessarily cater to anybody. We're uh, a no questions asked. If you show up and say I need food, we'll give you food. You multiply that, you say all those uh, households and the household could have two, three, four, five people in it, uh, maybe even more. That's a lot of people. What about people in this growing season who are growing cucumbers and carrots and radishes and lettuce and cabbage, etc.? cetera? Um, sometimes, you know, we all end up with... Uh, way too many zucchinis you know that's just one of those things yeah will food banks take home growing items uh we will and we actually grow our own we also have a community garden at st james and so we were giving out um onions and radishes and those sorts of things so the only challenge is because we only distribute twice a month on the second and fourth sundays if you brought us fresh food on, say, the third Sunday, it probably wouldn't keep for a week. I see. So things that um, maybe ears of corn or things, I mean, it will be a while before some of those things come in, but um, that's something to think about. And does the Utah Food Bank, to your knowledge, take um, items if, let's say, you have uh, something that um, and, and you're not in the St. James area, but the Utah Food Bank service, will they take that? Do you know? Will they take home going I stuff? I don't know, but I suspect that they don't because they're not a distribution system. They're a wholesaler. So they support several hundred food banks throughout the Intermountain area. So, and so they're, they're, oh, sending ahead, they're sending out refrigerated trucks with pallets of food. And it's generally either shelf-stable food, cans, or, say, pasta or it's refrigerated or frozen. So if you have a garden and you have food that you would like to donate, it's probably a good idea then to contact the local church. Would that be right? That's uh, doing a food bank 
rather yeah, than a food bank. Absolutely. Uh, the other place you can donate those are uh, homeless resource centers, places like the Road Home, because oh. they're they're cooking for people daily, so they could always use fresh produce. We've talked about what um, our wonderful friends and neighbors get out of a food bank, and that is food and and certainly what um, basic necessities of life. As somebody who is in that ministry, what do you get out of it? And what do volunteers that, you know, we all wanna help people, but what particularly happens when you see that you are helping distribute that great necessity of life food? Sure, it's helping people with basic necessities. And as you say, it really is a, a service ministry um it's tangible you can see it in people's eyes um i remember a few years ago uh we only allow one person to go through because we our, our shopping area is very small so uh, kids have to wait outside and i remember a, a single mother went through and came out pushing a, a grocery cart full of food and her two little kids that were like maybe four and six just lit up and one of them said, is all of that for us? <laughs> and really put a smile on your face. And you see that constantly. The people, uh, you know, thanking us and telling us what it means to them. It's a, a very tangible ministry. What kind of food do you give out? Um, we think of what you just said originally, a can of corn, a can of beans, you are distributing, and I know the wonderful folks at the Utah Food Bank, um, it's more than a can of corn and beans. It really is a an outstanding variety of healthy food. Give me some examples of what you give out and what other of the clients of the Utah Food Bank might be giving out. Sure. Uh, one of the unique things about uh, our food bank is we operate on what's called client choice. So we're set up basically as a small market and we give people a shopping basket and they walk down the aisles and they pick what they want. In a lot of food banks, they say, here, here's a box of food. And the person looks at it and says, you've given me canned pork and I'm a Muslim. That doesn't work for me. Um, we have the basics of, of canned fruits and vegetables. Um, we have pasta, we have raisins and dates and uh, cereal, and then we have a variety of fresh and frozen food, and that varies on what we get from the food bank. So yesterday we gave out uh, Beyond Meat Chicken Tenders, which are, oh, yeah. are vegetable-based frozen chicken tenders. Uh, we had frozen cups of orange juice. Uh, along with a variety of fresh produce from our garden. Uh, so it varies. Uh, we get what we get. Uh, it, it differs every time. But it is healthy food. You talk about the uh, Beyond Meat chicken tenders. I have a freezer full of those. As a vegetarian, I got to tell you, those, boy, you know, I put in a good word for those when you give those up. Now, what... Um, what about pets? Do you have any uh, pet food or anything? We do. Uh, we have uh, dog and cat food. 
Uh, we occasionally get weird stuff like uh, parakeet seed <laughs> uh, and things like that. But generally, we have uh, uh, dog and cat food available. Because I know in our time of hunger, our uh, pets and rescue organizations are reporting it's pretty serious when you know people are they love their animals it's part of the family it's part of their fiber it's part of their lives and yet pet food which has gone up in price so much that it becomes a luxury and how sad so i'm so glad to hear that you actually do pet food so um how do you get the word out that you have these items you have this pet food you have this wonderful food that people can um, sustain and that you do it with this uh, dignity of where you pick it out. When I say you, the people that come to your food bank, your friends, how do you get the word out? So uh, we're listed in um, a number of websites, the Utah Food Bank, the uh, 211 system, if you're familiar with that, the United Way operates um there's a national website uh fightinghugger.org on our own website uh on our signage at church uh, by and large a lot of it is word of mouth among the clientele uh, we have a number of um, immigrant groups so we have uh some russians some dutch uh some farsi speakers uh, that we see regularly. So it's it's basically serving small communities. I also want to go back to where you talk about where folks pick their food out. I know a couple of our food banks do that. And does that add to the dignity of it all? I know you're you trying to make uh, charity dignified. And, and that's always a difficult thing to do when you're giving things there there's a sense of uh humility there's a um, sense of dignity what uh does that contribute to where where people come in and pick out the food rather than you say here's a bag of food yeah absolutely it does it's it's empowering for the individual who's in need and rather than as, as you say kind of giving them a handout you're giving them a helping hand and say, here's a shopping cart. Go get what you need about what you think I should give you. Church is not just yours, but some of our other churches and other denominations have um, kind of picked little niches. Uh, one might give sandwiches. One might be open on Saturdays. One might be open in the evenings. Uh, and and it's it's kind of a um, organizational situation. Probably hasn't been overly coordinated, but um, there is food available. And and I guess you wonder sometimes. Um, and I'm going to ask kind of a hard question. There are those that say, "Well, why doesn't the city, the government, the state do this? Why is it up to the churches?" Um, do you ever feel that we've been given a burden as a church, or do you find it as a blessing to be a church that gives out food? Well, it's a little of both, Craig. 
So the government does do things like um, they've got the WIC program, they've got uh, food stamps, uh, but it doesn't meet the entire need. And so what we're trying to do is to um, fill in the cracks. The uh, uh, the need is is there. It's it's increasing. Um, inflation has hit a lot of people. Where suddenly they're, do I buy food or do I pay rent or my utilities or medicine or diapers this week? Right, and people have to make hard choices. So if we can take a little bit of burden off of the food situation, that that helps them with the rest of their life. You also mentioned that some people who are fairly new to America, um, it it seems that that is an increasing uh, situation. I know we have waves of immigrants who are uh, most welcomed. I mean, certainly the what some of these folks have gone through to get here, what some of um, our friends and neighbors from other countries have just seen things that they should never have to be able to see and have um, witnessed uh, just terrible stuff that, uh, that they have and they end up in America. Do you feel sometimes, you know, you might be the very first person outside of their immediate um, support group uh, in the United States that is giving or showing them the spirit of love, the spirit of what we as Episcopalians or Christians or religious people of all denominations do. Do you feel a responsibility sometimes that you are representing what is good in this country to be able to give food to those that are new? Yeah, there's no question. Um, the woman who founded the St. James Food Bank when we expanded the partnership with the Utah Food Bank, um, was a refugee from Iran, where she was imprisoned and tortured for being a Christian. Wow. And uh, that's a pretty profound thing. And that was part of the genesis of our connection to the immigrant community, was uh, through her connections. So that um, that is astounding. So again, you you are maybe the one of the first uh, group of people who are saying welcome rather than go away uh, and uh, disappear. Wow, that that's really something. What do you want to say to people that are watching this, listening to this on our various channels, whether it's uh, YouTube, whether it's from our web uh, site, whether it's from our newsletter, or um, sometimes social media. Uh, what is it you want to say to both those who maybe see themselves as potential volunteers? Uh, and what do you want to say to those that say, yeah, I really could use a little extra food this week, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm concerned, I, I, I feel wrong doing that. What do you want to say to both of those groups? Well, let's take the first one. Um, I would say, in general, there, there's a huge unmet need out there. And 
you can do something about that individually. Whether that's, as you said, donating food from your garden, uh, donating food from your pantry, donating money to the Utah Food Bank itself, volunteering your time. If you want to volunteer at the uh, St. James Food Bank, go to stjamesutah.com, follow the links to the food bank, and there's click a button that says volunteer, and we'll sign you up. That's uh, twice a month, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, one day of receiving, where you don't have to interact with the public. You're just maybe a handful of volunteers where we're unloading the truck. Uh, on the Sunday distribution, takes about 15 people to run everybody through. Uh, and we get it done in about two, two and a half hours. Uh, as we talked earlier, it's a very rewarding time to volunteer. Uh, it's easy. There's, there's nothing difficult about it. Uh, and for people who are in need, uh, the other thing that we operate is what we call a blessing box, which is basically a little free library for food. So at the edge of our property is uh, a box about the size of a large microwave that uh, we keep stocked with food. And there's a sign on there that says, take what you need, leave what you can. And wow. we have people from around the neighborhood that uh, drop off food. And we have a constant supply of people who come by and get food. Uh, and that's you know, 24 seven. Uh, we probably have to restock it three or four times a day. Really? That need? Yeah. yeah. As I said earlier, if you, if you need food, um, come to our food bank or, or any other food bank. Um, we uh, you know, don't have any criteria. If you show up and say, I need food, we'll give you food. You talk about volunteers. I know a lot of our food banks um, partner with other churches, other denominations, or have volunteers from all over. Um, I want to make it clear, you don't have to be an Episcopalian to volunteer, do you? No, absolutely not. One of our uh, big sources of volunteers is the LDS Church's uh, Just Serve organization, uh, which is their compilation of service opportunities that the LDS people um, can peruse and decide where they want to volunteer their time. I have found in looking at all of our ministries and and whether it's the uh, uh, ministries that give out blankets and sheets uh, in Ogden or in Logan where our church St. John's does some sheltering in the winter or in Moab I know they have a drive-through food bank and various other uh, places and certainly the um, St. Mark's Cathedral with Hildegard's Pantry um, has had partners throughout that it is important to have partnerships, isn't it? You talk about getting volunteers, keeping people that if you're in a food bank or you're talking as one of, as our churches often listen to the podcast, that um, that's a good idea to partner, isn't it? To find others, um, to find people with like um, 
ministries and borrow on that partnership? It is a good idea. It's all, it's almost a necessity. I don't know that we could do it if we had to rely just on parishioners. Um, it's also part of the ministry because that volunteerism integrates into the community. We have a number of volunteers that uh, are just neighbors of the church who saw it going on and said, what's that about? And how can I help? Or uh, friends and neighbors of parishioners um, who find out about it and say, that sounds interesting. I'd like to help. Let's um, talk about, again, you know, the other thing that I, I, I don't want to leave and our time is running out, but I, that you're a church that's in the suburbs, in Midvale, uh, used to be way out of town, now it's yeah. <laughs> in, in town, but um, I know we, we can, in our myth, in our minds, we can see the need in the urban areas. We have several parishes in more urban areas. St. Mark's Cathedral comes to mind, St. Paul's on the fringe of downtown. Um, and, and people say, what do you mean in the suburbs? There are people going hungry in Midvale, uh, Midvale and Cottonwood Heights, Sandy, some of the surrounding areas to you. Um, hunger doesn't take a holiday in the suburbs, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, regardless of where you are, we're, we're in Midvale, which is short for Mid Valley. Um, we're kind of in the center of the suburbs. We've met with uh, the people from Hildegard's Pantry at St. Mark's and St. Paul's, and we all have uh, slightly different approaches and different mixes of clientele that are related to where we physically operate. But uh, just because you're in the suburbs doesn't mean there isn't a need. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we have just a minute or two left, and I always want to have Brianna, who is uh, recording this, who uh, listens to this and then comes up with another question that I either didn't catch or, or forgot. But um, Brianna, is there something you want to ask? Yeah, this has been a great conversation. Um, it sounds like you've been doing this for quite some time. Do you have a favorite memory tied to this? Yeah, my favorite memory is the one that, that I already touched on. Okay. Where the two little kids came out and, and their faces lit up. Yeah. And you can see that their mom is, you know, proud to be able to wheel out a cartload of food for, the, for her children. Mm, that's great. Thank you. Well, uh, Jim, you and all the many people, uh, Lane, uh, Father Christopher, all the wonderful people at St. James, uh, and and representing all the wonderful people that we see, those that are named and unnamed in all of our various churches that do food banks and other places that do food banks. You know, uh, it isn't just an Episcopal Operation, I know the cathedral, the Madeline of our friends at the Roman Catholic Church, so many of our friends that come from the LDS faith tradition have um, been assisting and helping. And I know the Presbyterians, all the churches, so you can say that it is one ministry we all share. 
uh, in in sometimes even in the same building. But um, I, I just say you have blessed us all, and we are blessed ourselves in uh, presence of all the ministry that you do. And thank you for taking a few moments to talk to us. And this has been the Utah Podcapalians, where we talk about things that the Episcopal Diocese is doing in our unique land of Utah. Um, we have various podcasts that are available on our website and uh, our archives. We want to look at those and we'll have new ones coming up um, usually once every three weeks or so. But we hope that you will join us and thank you so much for listening. Jim Palmer, thank you. Brianna, thank you. And you're all blessing us with your presence. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Craig. <laughs>